Welcome back to another episode of Hogging the Mic. I am Tucker Partridge, your host, along with my co-host, Saul Malone. Say hello, Saul Malone. What is up, everybody? We're back again. We're back. Back and better than ever. Uh, The last time we talked to you, Arkansas was making a little run into the NCAA tournament. And uh, folks, it turned out uh, to surpass even our wildest expectations. Uh, so we want to take this time and just kind of do a little uh, post-mortem of that as we've had some time to kind of let the pain of the loss to Baylor and the Elite Eight subside and talk about how special this year was for Arkansas basketball. Uh, Saul, what are your thoughts on this year's Arkansas basketball team? Uh, incredibly fun. I have not had that much fun watching an Arkansas basketball team in quite some time. Uh, incredibly exciting. Um, yeah, just a lot of really good memories going to be associated for me, especially uh, with this team, with Moses Moody, uh, Desi Stills, uh, Justin Smith, all those guys just ha- put together a really, really fun Really fun team and obviously some really exciting moments uh, in the tournament and in the season at large. Uh, but yeah, I think just the when I think of this team in particular, I think of fun uh, and I think of excitement and I think of a kind of positive stress of, hey, we're good, we should win. Um, and continuing to win up until a certain point where we lost to the you know ultimate national champion. So can't really complain because we held, you know, we played Baylor closer than anybody the rest of the tournament did. So by the transit, thereby making us the second best team in the tournament, tournament, I think if you really look at it from, you really take the time to think and put together the context clues you have. Yeah. So yeah, just a really, really fun team. And obviously Musselman is building something special here. And, you know, obviously Moses Moody and a couple other guys aren't going to be here next year, which, you know, happened to college basketball, but I don't feel nervous about, replacing those guys because i think muscleman is starting to build something really special in fayetteville and other guys are going to want to come play for him yeah it it was weird i guess like finally experiencing um for listeners who may think that i'm older than i am uh i was born in 1995 so arkansas basketball has never really known these heights uh in my lifetime and so to kind of get to see what everybody's talking about, you know, this is Arkansas basketball. This is what we used to be like it, it for the first time kind of felt real. And it felt like, you know, yeah, this job is a good job. This school is a good basketball school and this school can do big things in the NCAA tournament. And they did. Uh, we came into the tournament, both of us kind of saying we'd be content to make it to the second weekend. And they surpassed even that, uh, making it to the Elite Eight. And I, uh, knowing, I guess, that we have such a good foundation set up, you've got Devo Davis and Jalen Williams coming back. Then you've got presumably J.D. Note and Connor Vanover coming back. Then you've got all the new recruits coming in, uh, which included some pretty big names. Uh, man, uh, knowing that Musselman has signed on for the next while, uh, it really does feel, <laughs> as fun as it is to say it, that Arkansas basketball is back. And are back. They are back for the first time in my life. <laughs> and so to, I guess, be that excited, I mean, I'm already looking forward to this basketball season. Yeah. You know, a lot of way too early rankings have us in the top 10 or top 15, depending on who you ask. But Arkansas is ranked anywhere from 6 to 12 to 15, depending on the poll. And, 
you know, I think rightly so. I think they've earned that that ranking and that national recognition. You know, we campaigned all year on Rank the Hogs, and, you know, granted, it was for every sport, but they finally listened when it came to basketball. Um, so, you know, it's it's exciting. To, like you said, like, I, I'm really looking forward to this upcoming basketball season, too, because, you know, with also the way things are going, you're going to have the benefit of a full Bud Walton Arena and, and Nolan Richardson Drive, baby. So, you know, a lot of lot of good things. Not only you know, as far as talent on the court, but just atmosphere and getting back to that sort of hog basketball kind of fever and hog basketball style that we're also used to seeing. So, really, just a whole lot of, to look forward to when it comes to Musselman and the men's basketball team. Knowing that we'll get that home field advantage back, which I honestly do think uh, matters. Um, knowing that uh, Arkansas fans will be there, being you know, Arkansas fans and making Bud Walton to right, rightly one of the toughest places to play on earth. Um, that's really exciting to think about because I really think that this group of fans, including myself, is going to get a really good product to watch in uh, the winter and spring. And knowing that we're bringing back pretty good core. Yeah. And adding on top, you know, who we've gotten in the transfer portal. Um, it, it, it really feels at least like this is a long-term project with a long-term goal, knowing that Musselman signed an extension and feeling like, I guess, stability for the first time in a little while. Um, obviously under Mike, we felt stable. Um, but the kind of fear of lapsing back, uh, after the coach leaves, I mean, you know, I, 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 I hope Musselman's here for a long time, but. If he leaves, we can, I feel like, definitively say that he's left us better than he found us. And that uh, only bodes well for the future. Right. And, you know, granted, I, I don't want Musselman to leave. But if he does, Arkansas, the way he has it set up, Arkansas is an appealing job. And you can recruit some of that big, big talent that comes with, you know, a coaching search and a new coaching hire and that sort of thing. But, I mean, that's that's down the road. We saw, I mean, I don't think the full details have come out quite yet, but we know that we know Musselman, we're in the clear for a while, <laughs> we're, for a while. Yeah. Musselman is here to stay. There's no more questions about it. Hawk fans don't have to worry about that. Um, and I think that in itself is reason to be excited. You're like, Hey, we got our guy and he is in town for, you know, the next few seasons and hopefully beyond. So really, really nothing. But I mean, like we said, like we were thrilled to see Arkansas get to the sweet 16, much less the elite eight and not only get to the elite eight, lose to the eventual national championship and playing pretty close and get within yeah. four. And, you know, there were times when we had that game, not, no, I thought we were going to do it several times. We could have done it. <laughs> we could have done Yeah. It felt, it felt very possible. I never felt once that we were entirely out of it, which is saying something considering how well Baylor played throughout the tournament. Um, I think we played them the best out of everyone they played. Um, and, you know, like we said, eventually they went on to win the whole thing and win the whole thing considerably. Uh, yes. With, impressively. With ease. <laughs> impressively. So, uh, nothing to sneeze at, but yeah, like like we said, I think, and I think it was fun to watch, you know, just Hawk fans in general, kind of nationwide, get to see their team get some of that feel good national talk um, that kind of is passed us by the last few seasons, you know, since you know things like Bobby Portis and Michael Qualls and you know Hawks were getting some some attention then, but. We're not exactly the talk of the town, but Arkansas got talked up pretty well throughout this tournament. And granted, there's, you know, haters as always. I mean, there was this weird <laughs> kind of 
talk that Colgate was going to beat us in the first round, um, which obviously that didn't happen. That I think we talked about how that that was frustrating for us that we were just on upset alert just so immediately. I think that was always the that was like usually the number one or two kind of upset that people were eyeing of like, oh, look out for this Colgate team, and that ended up just not being the case. And you know, to be fair, up, that Colgate team was one to look out for. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Very I mean, well, they played, um, and like. I'm not. I don't begrudge anyone from doing their job as an analyst, but I I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, and I'm sure you felt that. Oh, too. I did too. <laughs> like, really, you think we're going to lose to Colgate after the season we've put together? So, you know, to not lose to Colgate, to man, to nerve wrackingly beat Oral Roberts, uh, man. I just a quick note. I've never been more sure in my life that a three pointer was going into the basket. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> he let it. He let it go, and I was like, oh, that looks really good. I'm going to have to and watch this on Sports really Center good, for the next decade. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Uh, yeah, no, it it having that sense of stability back is really nice. Um and despite kind of the early hubbub in the off season about Musselman's contract, knowing that we have him locked down for a while and knowing what he had built this year, I don't know about you, I was never worried about losing him to one of the bigger openings. Um there were just never any that seemed to be a fit beyond like a sentimental reason like Minnesota or uh, romantic reasons like North Carolina or Indiana, where it's like they're one of the premier basketball programs, but Arkansas is one of the premier basketball programs. And yeah. I really was not worried about losing him at any point. And I, you know, I, I think that was rewarded with him signing that contract. So, yeah. Um, unless you know, we, We've talked about it. He he seems to genuinely enjoy being the coach at Arkansas. And, you know, there's obviously the, you know, the everyone, I, the only thing that ever makes me nervous is, you know, if, if we start approaching NBA talk, uh, just right. because, you know, what coach doesn't want to coach at the professional level. I, and I, but the, even that to me was kind of like, a, you know, like a kind of a, a, a big what if scenario, like what if, you know, an NBA team comes calling, will he take it? And, you know, granted, there are, you know, shifting coaches in the NBA, but I'm with you. I was never super worried about him taking a, a job at a, a school, even with sort of romantic things like North Carolina or Indiana, like we said, because it seems to me that Musselman is kind of being able to build what he wants to build here. He has a lot of control, it seems like, to bring in the guys he wants to bring in to play the kind of basketball he wants to play. And, you know, a lot of coaches have that, but also when you have that and you, f- you find that at a school and, and, and you have success like Musselman had, especially this year, I don't think anyone would be particularly inclined to leave that. No, because you've already done the hard part of laying down the foundations of a project. He had the kind of growing pain year, which I mean, quite frankly, wasn't even much of a growing pain given that we were on pace to make the tournament before COVID happened. But yeah. I mean, to build up a foundation and then immediately jettison yourself into another presumably rebuilding project that just doesn't make much sense. And as interesting as it would be, I guess for him to be getting NBA flirtations, I think at that point uh, it's, I've said this before, but for him to be considered back in the NBA, just because of how high profile those jobs are, he would have to do something incredible at Arkansas. And so You know, if if that's the case, I'll take the incredible thing that he's done. And uh, I don't think that the Elite Eight is the height of where he can take us. And I would expect to be back in the running next year. So uh, I, I, unless the University of San Diego uh, brings its basketball program back, 
I think he has <laughs> no buyout for his alma mater. Um, but other than that, I, I really feel like, and I, I know they're supposed to win the press conference, but it feels like he likes it here. It feels like yeah. his family likes it here. And I, it, one thing that I feel like a lot of Arkansas fans get hung up on, maybe rightly so, um, just because we've had moments where it's been evident that they weren't the guy, but Musselman gets it. Like he yeah. understands what it is to be the head coach of the University of Arkansas. And uh, I don't think those kind of understandings happen without a genuine passion and love uh, on the coach's side. And yeah. so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about him leaving for any of the premier jobs in college. If we get to NBA, yeah, maybe I would be a little worried. But again, it would require something really special to happen. And in that case, I'd probably take it. Yeah, and then, I mean, one more thing before we kind of like move off him is like I would say that not only has, you know, he, you know, Arkansas improved his in, in the national standing, but it's kind of been you know a, a a pretty mutually beneficial relationship, especially with how his kind of you know social media stock has risen, and yeah. like he's he's kind of like the fun coach on online, or at least the kind of like guy that people are kind of talking about, like check out this crazy five foot seven guy jumping on tables and <laughs> going on podcasts and like he he's kind of like a logged on coach in a in a, in a sense like he definitely has a brand and people are kind of responding to that brand i mean he's making a lot of national appearances he's getting on you know he's he the, the guys over at you know part of my take love him he's on every like highlight show they bring him on fine bomb a lot like he he goes out and like preaches the gospel of Arkansas, um, and I think that was another big reason that I wasn't too worried about him going someplace. Is like he his brand now is so kind of tied to being the Arkansas coach. Like I'm sure he could go rebuild that somewhere, no matter what. But at like right now, like that's kind of his thing. Is like this is the fun coach, and yeah, he coaches at Arkansas. So like let's let's kind of talk about the Hogs because they're fun, and you know him and him and Pittman are always talking and kind of building each other up on on Twitter. And that's something that never happened with Tad Morris and no. anybody, you know what I mean? Like there's some <laughs> sort of, there, there's like this fun interfraternal kind of thing back between the coaches at Arkansas that just wasn't around. It hasn't been around for, for a while. So I think him bringing that fun and like bringing that brand is not only good for Arkansas, but it's good for him. And they're so closely interlocked that it feels like him leaving, especially right now would be a bad move. Yeah, I think he's always had some respect uh, in the national media just because of the work that his dad did. Um, and that's not to diminish his own coaching resume, which is really impressive, obviously. But that branding stuff matters. And to know that we've got the number one engaged with college basketball account on Twitter. I mean, we know Hog fans are crazy, but uh, that speaks to the work that he's done. And I just don't think that you throw all that away. Let's talk about real quick before we move off basketball. Let's talk about the two hogs that were taken uh, in the WNBA draft because we had some pretty high picks, um, and I think they deserve a shout out. Uh, obviously, Chelsea uh, Dungy had an incredible uh, Chelsea Dungy had an incredible season with the Hogs and was rightly rewarded for it. Uh, where she went fifth overall to the Dallas Wings in the WNBA draft, um, which is great because one that's close to Fayetteville, so a lot of people in the Dallas area are very familiar with the Hogs, and I think are going to get a chance to watch her play, which is pretty cool. And then in the second round, at the very top of the second round, uh, with the first pick in the second round, the Las Vegas Aces took Destiny Slocum. Um, so 
And the Aces are a very fun uh, team, have been playing very well. I keep up with the Aces um, just because I really like how they play basketball. Um, and I'm really excited to see Destiny Slocum on that team because I think she's going to slot in nicely with what they like to do and the kind of athletic, fast-paced play they like to play basketball with. Um, I really can't recommend watching the Aces to kind of get into the WNBA because they're just a really fun team and they're easy to root for and they're in Las Vegas. So everything about them is just insane uh, yeah. because Vegas is insane. Um, but really excited for um, those two, those two um, women to go on and play professionally because obviously they were just such a huge part of the Lady Hawks success um, over the past few years. Um, and you know us, we thought Chelsea Dungey deserved every single award that they could had to give. Um, and you know, I, she didn't get some of the stuff we thought she deserved, but to see her go in the first round in the top five, uh, feels good, and it feels good to see Destiny Slocum get some recognition as well. So, just want to shout those two out before we move on to football. Yeah, no, uh, Chelsea Dungy, I have oh, several times just lavished praise upon uh, as one of the best Arkansas basketball players to ever play in either men's or women's. Uh, she actually finishes her career with the highest point total of any women's basketball player ever with 2,147. And uh, yeah, I mean, put a jersey on the rafters. I, I keep saying this. Um, but getting to go to Dallas, where obviously she'll be around a lot of probably Arkansas fans or people with Arkansas sympathies, um, is really exciting. It's going to make me want to get into the WNBA. Uh, it's going to make me want to watch Dallas games. It's And like you said, I, I think we follow some of the same people on Twitter. There's kind of a cult fan group of Las Vegas Aces fans. And, uh, it is interesting to me that, uh, she'll be Destiny Slocum going to the Aces will be backing up Kelsey Plum, who is obviously one of the best women's college basketball and professional basketball players ever. But, uh, she was a graduate assistant this year for Arkansas, so a fun little Arkansas connection there. Uh, it, yeah, it'll be absolutely really, it'll be really exciting to watch them and see their careers develop. Obviously, looking forward to the NBA draft to see where Moses and probably Justin Smith end up. Um, but yeah, what a time uh, to celebrate that team. They. Didn't end up kind of getting the NCAA tournament result that they wanted, um, which was frustrating. But uh, I really can't speak to what these young women were able to accomplish and what they were able to inspire in this state. I mean, you get on social media and just see all these pictures of young girls in Chelsea Dungey jerseys and Destiny Slocum jerseys and Amber Ramirez jerseys. You know, like that matters. And to know that hey, I can be like these teams too, and I can be part of this energy that this team is creating. Like, that's really inspiring, and it, it, it is a good ambassadorship that really matters. And yeah. so to see them, and of course, they've both, Slocum and Dungy have handled it with really kind of a veteran's approach where you feel like they've been there before. Um, even though they're both, you know, just now becoming professional athletes. But uh, the inspiration around the state that they've had uh, has really touched me in a way. And I, I've, I'm really looking forward to see where their careers go from here. Yeah, it'd be very exciting to see. Obviously, we're invested in these two in particular. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm excited to see what, what they do at the next level because I think they're going to be 
not only people that are you know drafted to you know and at least achieve that far. I think they're going to be people that contribute uh, and contribute uh, in big ways. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm really excited to see kind of what happens there. Moving on to football, uh, we have spring practice for the first time in a long time, given that spring practices were shut down during the COVID pandemic, which I suppose is still ongoing, but people are getting vaccinated and healthier now, so we're able to handle these kinds of things. So uh, uh, we have Sam Pittman here uh, making his first spring ball, and... uh, I know you're not supposed to make any kind of predictions or judgment about spring ball, but I watched uh, some of the spring game and then have seen a lot of the reports coming out. It, this team seems to be making strides, and yeah. I think we're going to benefit from obviously having some of the guys come back for super senior seasons like Grant Morgan, of course, um, but I uh, everybody got better. <laughs> yeah. We have depth on an offensive line and defensive line for the first time in f- five years. <laughs> and uh, I really, it feels like this team is capable of taking a next step. We don't have to play an all-SEC schedule again. And uh, there will be some marquee games, obviously, looking at the game against Sarkeesian's Texas Longhorns uh, coming up. Um, but a team that feels like it's ready to take a step and one that I, I I certainly hope will. And one that I think we're, you know, excited to talk about and we'll be talking about as uh, the summer goes on. But the biggest story coming out of spring ball was uh, one that didn't make us as happy, um, but uh, involved Mike Woods transferring from Arkansas to Oklahoma. Yeah. he was one of our favorite players to watch last year uh, and really, you know, had a breakout year by his standards and uh, un- unfortunately uh, will not be shooting up in the Cardinal and White anymore. I think he's going with uh, Crimson and Cream now. Um, what do we think of that? Um, it's frustrating. Um, I guess I would say, because, you know, I watched a little bit of the spring game as well. Uh was not easy to find. Obviously, it wasn't just like broadcasting anywhere, but was able to catch some clips. Uh, and, you know, he caught a deep touchdown pass and looked really good. Um, yep. And, you know, I think for me, it just kind of caught me very off guard. I saw, you know, some rumblings on Arkansas Twitter, um, you know, just about like uh, regarding the transfer portal. And I was like, is it a, you know, to me, my first thought was basketball. I was like, oh, yeah, a ton of basketball guys are transferring, like, you know, because of who we're bringing in or, you know, that's just kind of the name of the game when it comes to spring. Like people start entering the transfer portal for basketball. I wasn't even thinking football. And so when I found out it was football and then I found out it was Mike Woods, I was kind of caught very off guard. I was very surprised. Um, just not something I saw coming um, and was – I was, I was a little upset because, you know, the we, we talked about Mike Woods is one of our prior players to watch. Um, and one of the things that I was really looking forward to was the wide receiver kind of group that we had coming into, um, especially with K.J. Jefferson most likely taking over the offense. Um, just kind of having the those big bodies like Mike Woods and Charlie Brooks to throw to are really going to put him in a position to succeed in his first full year as a starter, it looks like. And now you take away one of those weapons. Um and, you know, I, I, I also, you know, it's, it's Oklahoma, you know, the rich get richer. I, I never <laughs> like when Oklahoma is good at anything, it makes me mad. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that was 
yelling at him on Twitter. I don't think either of us, that's not our, our vibe. Um, it's not our thing. We don't enjoy yelling at college kids online. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I did understand the frustration uh, because, you know, if I'm an Arkansas fan and I see that you're transferring, what is it, a few days after the spring game, like it just seems all kind of lined up that you got through your spring training uh, and your spring game and then the next couple of days you're like, actually, guys, I'm actually going to go to Oklahoma. I, I get the frustration. Like, again, I don't think it's ever helpful to yell at college kids online. I think it's stupid and bad, and I think it makes you look like a child if you do it. But I do understand that, like, hey, man, this looks pretty bad. This is not the optics you want if you're going to transfer. Right. And especially it felt like the university itself or the football program, rather, was caught flat-footed because he was led with the branding of a lot of the spring game. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of Mike Woods celebration posts, and I don't know if that was an effort to keep him or just unfortunate timing, but – yeah. This is the reality of college athletics right now. Um, The transfer portal being opened, everybody uh, given the opportunity to move to a school without having to sit out. Yeah. You're just going to see that. And until there is some kind of reform done where, I mean, both of us think that athletes should be compensated beyond what they are. Right. Until some kind of reform is done in that way, that's just how this free agency stuff is going to be. Yeah. Uh, and as you know, as much of a bummer as it is, I hate losing Mike Woods. I loved Mike Woods. Mike Woods was really fun to watch. He was a fun personality online to follow. Yeah. Um, but I get it. I mean, you, you, for a lot of these kids, making it to the professional leagues is what their goal is. And yeah. quite frankly, if I'm looking at history right now, I probably have a better chance of making it as a wide receiver in the NFL. If I go to Oklahoma for a year, than staying at Arkansas. And yeah. that's not to say Arkansas is bad. And that's not to say I want like Traylon Burks to leave or something. Yeah. It's just the reality of the situation where Lincoln Riley's got a lot more eyes on him from the NFL than Sam Pittman does. And right. that's not saying anything about Sam Pittman as a coach. That's not saying anything about Lincoln Riley as a coach. It's just the way it is. And yeah. so as long as players are able to transfer without that penalty of sitting out a year, which I think is, you know, kind of a ridiculous and archaic punishment for guys who, I mean, Think about the fact that coaches get paid $30 million to not coach it somewhere anymore and then immediately yeah. get to move on with no repercussions. These yeah. guys are just getting an education. Like, yeah. if you want to transfer colleges from business, you're allowed to do that with no punishment. But as soon as sports come into it, that's a bad thing. So, right. I, you know, as far as the politics go, I get the motivation behind the decision. I understand why it happened. I understand that it's going to happen a lot more as we keep going on and these laws keep being looked at. Yeah. Um, but it is a bummer. And I don't want to, you know, downplay the fact that, yeah, I wish we didn't lose Mike Woods. But I also think in terms of positions that you're losing in football, one wide receiver is probably not going to tank our entire season. No, I think too is you know Arkansas fans in particular. I mean, like you said, this this new rule, it's Arkansas is not going to be the only school to lose a good position player or skill player no. in football. <laughs> it's just it happened to Arkansas us. Arkansas won't be the best school to lose a no, absolutely player. not. It just happened to us kind of early on, and I think there is a sense of betrayal in the sense that Hog fans one take things very personally. Um, and like, I'm including me in that. I take some stuff personally too, but I think also it happened so early on. I mean, right after the spring game, going to a school that is 
not only our next door neighbor as a state, but just a school that, you know, is constantly talked about. Uh, it's a little bit of a diva school when it comes to football. Like you go there because you're a flashy good player. And that Mike Woods is a good player. And I understand, like you said, like getting more eyes on yourself to advance. Like we don't have to pretend that we recruit guys to play football because we want them in the Walton School of Business. Like they're here to, they're, <laughs> like they're there to play football. And like to pretend otherwise, I think is stupid to pretend that they're like nobody takes the student athlete part. That's like I, no one is coming from the economics department to recruit. My the boys. only people who take student athlete as a label seriously are the NCAA. And right. if you respect the NCAA, I do not respect you. <laughs> yeah, this, isn't, this isn't the podcast for you, bud. Um, we don't we don't we don't like that kind of talk around here. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I get it because again too I think you know I think people like really latched on to the idea of like if Mike Woods had stayed here like he could have you know whenever he was in Arkansas he would have never had to buy a beer or something like that but I'm sorry that doesn't stack up to an NFL contract because I balled out at Oklahoma um, and that's not to say he couldn't have earned one at Arkansas we've had no absolutely of people not drafted but I yeah. think if you're just looking at statistics the odds yeah. literally I mean unfortunately it's a numbers game and yeah. you're chances of going to the nfl right now are higher to if you go to oklahoma than if you go to arkansas and i hope sam Pittman turns that around i think he is right now the guy to do that um but we're not there yet and while we're in this kind of transition and growing period there are going to be some growing pains and we unfortunately we'll have to lose mike woods but when you look at the depth chart we've got Traylon burks coming back we've got devion warren coming back for a super senior season and he was having a great year before he got injured yeah and in the spring game and in spring practices john david white has been turning some heads uh he's got some really good route running abilities really good separation abilities and he could be somebody that steps up to fill that role yeah so and then on top of that, there are plenty of recruits that we've gotten in over the past couple of years that will be ready to take a step up. We talked about Trey Knox last year and how he kind of had a disappointing season. Well, interviews with him have shown that uh, he thinks it was a crisis of confidence. Well, yeah. a whole year of Sam Pittman's coaching and an actual spring with actual practice will probably do wonders for his confidence. Well, there's a six foot seven big bodied receiver to go down and get it. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is there are plenty of weapons still available uh, on this offense, and it's not that I won't miss Mike Woods. <laughs> Number eight was a really fun one to watch, and he had some of the better plays of last season that I'll always remember as kind of being part of revitalizing my love for Arkansas football. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And it is a business. I do not blame a college kid for making what they perceive to be a smart business decision. Yeah. Um so I think that's a really good point of it's easy to to just to get to buy into the idea that these are people that are playing for the love of the game, but they're playing for the love of the game to get paid at the next level. Um, if, if they can, you know, like obviously there's 10,000 division one college football players, 256 odd get drafted. It's not a complete numbers game in that regard. There's some people that aren't going to be drafted, but I think at, at a certain point you kind of know like, Hey, I I'm built for this sport and I'm built to go to the next level and I need to, uh, dictate my future accordingly. So, I don't begrudge Mike Woods. I begrudge a system that uh, is archaic and makes college kids have to make decisions like this um, and have people react to them in a way that is really unfair a lot of the time. Um, so, well, yeah, because imagine being a college kid in that situation and then immediately getting blasted all over social media for yes. being disloyal or something like. 
That's probably one of the hardest decisions he's ever had to make. Yeah. And I mean, I have, we don't know what the thought process was. We're all we're all just speculating here. But I think, yeah, I just think going online and, and yelling at a at a young man that made a decision he felt was right for his future is not something that people should do. But, you know, to each their own, if you want to be mad online, it's your American right to do so. And I'm not going <laughs> to stop you. <laughs> I will not stop you from posting. However, I will judge you for it. <laughs> Uh, moving on to some things that are going really well. Um, has your baseball team lost an SEC series? Um, because mine hasn't. Mine, let me look real quick. I'm checking the sheets. No, I'm not seeing a loss in an SEC series for my baseball team either. That's interesting because my baseball team is unanimously number one uh, in the country. And okay. uh, it's pretty interesting to see them play baseball. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm getting some printouts from the boys in the back. They've been running some numbers. And, oh, yes, my team is also unanimously number one in the country. So, I think we, maybe we root for the same team. Uh, folks, Arkansas baseball is very good this They're year. So good. Uh, it, it has, uh, I mean, it's always, you know, we expect to play well every year with Dave Van Horn at the helm. Um, but man, uh, if you can benefit from a pandemic, this team has because this roster is one of the most loaded teams I've seen in college baseball. I, I mean, they have everything and I, I, I really struggle to find weak points on this team. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, we always jokingly tweet when things go bad in another sport that we're a baseball school. Um, but truly, <laughs> we are a baseball school, especially this year. I mean, wow. Uh, just just incredible. I mean, you know, we when the Hawks started out, you know, beating all those top 10 teams, it, it started off just basically defeating the state of Texas in that tournament down in Dallas and, um, you know, TCU, Texas, all those teams, and has just not lost – a series, and there's times when I mean, I, I think specifically um, to that Ole Miss series that we just had a couple yes. weeks ago. That was that was nuts. We're putting up baseball scores, an incredibly Arkansas Ole Miss series. Yes, I mean, like every time that these two teams play each other, I think regardless of the sport, it's always kind of weird. Um, football, baseball, basketball. There's always something that just kind of happens. Um, but I mean, I looked once the Hogs were up eleven to nothing, and then I looked and the Hogs were tied like twelve to twelve. Um, and I just didn't understand what was going on, but I, I was like, well, I should finish this game. Um, and I turned it on, you know, we ended up winning. There's just, again, a, there's no, no quit in the team, um, which obviously comes in handy in SEC ball where, I mean, just SEC baseball is just a murderer's row of team. I mean, Vandy has the two best pitchers in the country. Uh, is there one in two guys? That's, that's your starting rotation. You have like the two mm-hmm. top two draft picks, I believe that are going to be coming out this year. Um, Florida, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, all of those teams are good. And Ole Miss or Arkansas has not dropped a series. We either, have either swept or taken two out of three of every one of those teams that we've played, um, with South Carolina being the most recent one. Um, just been uh, some really fun, really, f- I mean, Christian Franklin has been on fire this season. Casey Opitz on the plate has been awesome. That kind of that senior leadership. Our pitching has been phenomenal. We've had a Robert bullpen. Moore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like guys coming out of the bullpen, just hitting, hitting, you know, walk-offs and home runs and, you know, just good, gritty at-bats when we need them. Just, I think you're like, it's really hard to pick a weak point on this team. And I think that's why, I think other people feel the same way, which is why they're unanimously number one. I think that's saying, hey, we think that whatever weaknesses you might have on this team, you have other areas where you can overcome them and they're not going to take you down and they're not going to be a problem. And, you know, this is where we, we talked about this a little earlier. I think some people 
are kind of maybe waiting for another shoe to drop or like a hog's going to hog kind of moment here. And I just don't really see that happening. We're just so good. <laughs> yeah. Now it, it come, it, there comes a point where you face like a murderer's row schedule, like you said, where week in and week out, I mean, what, like f- all five of the top five teams are SEC teams. Yeah. Like the, we're playing literally the best of the best competition every week and yeah. coming out on top every week. And it's, it's kind of like what we said with basketball. It's, it's like Arkansas fans, it is okay for us to be good at something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I keep, I keep, you know, seeing the refrain of hogs going to hog and look, I understand the college world series loss against Oregon state is one of the most painful memories in my life, but that was years ago. And this is a different team. And I'm not saying that they're going to win it all. Maybe they won't. It's really hard to do that. But at a certain point, it's like, let's just play with the expectations of being good instead of expecting, you know, some colossal collapse. Um, yeah. Because what fun is that? What fun are you having if you're waiting uh, for nine innings every game, just waiting for, you know, lightning to strike or something? <laughs> yeah. And uh, enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. the moment. Enjoy Arkansas being good. Uh, yeah. Because you get these bragging rights. I mean, how many Ole Miss fans do you get to own on Twitter? it's great. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like you said, I think there was a time where the top five teams were all in states that were touching each other, like Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi. Uh, um, I think that those, and I think maybe LSU or not LSU, but in Texas, down in Texas, like every, every school was touching a state that where the other school was playing. So, and I think with the exception of Florida being the outlier there kind of down, you know, down where Florida is, but it's a, it's a, we're playing in a, essentially, you know, the major leagues of the, of the college of the college ranks with just, like you said, murders row of team after team after team. That's good. And we're always winning. And I think it's fun to go in and be like, yeah, Arkansas is going to kick some ass this game because we're so good at baseball. No one can touch us. I mean, we're going to, we're not, obviously, we're not going to be undefeated. That's nay impossible in, in baseball. It just doesn't happen. But I mean, we're, we're as close to being a, a you know, a, a tournament ready team um, as you can get right now. And I, there, we haven't, there's been no cooling off. There's been no like dip in quality of play. And I think they're going to continue to carry that into not only the the second half of SEC play in in the regular season, but into the SEC tournament, into um, the College World Series. Now, you know, we we don't really know what that looks like just yet um, with how the, you know, the NCAA is choosing to do regionals and super regionals at, at set locations with also some of the laws that Arkansas passed recently. We, you know, there's a chance that, we won't be able to host because of some of the, you know, trans exclusionary laws that Arkansas passed. So we don't really know what that looks like. Um, but, you know, as far as baseball is concerned, I don't think there's a team that's playing better than Arkansas. You know, we just might, no. unfortunately later in the season, it might come down to where we, where we play in these tournaments. I mean, and that's not really in Arkansas, the baseball team's control. They just are going to go where yeah. they're going to go. So, and they're going to play well no matter what. So I, I'm, I, you know, nothing but good things to say about the Arkansas baseball team and really looking forward to see how, how they play going into the, into the tournaments. Well, and it's good it, it to kind of tie a bow on it. It's good, sustainable baseball. Uh, right. Obviously we had, you know, a couple of outliers against UAPB because they are very bad. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, these are the kinds of wins that, you know, if you need to dig out a one, nothing win 
we can do that. If you yeah. need to win 18 to 14, we can do that. If you yeah. want to blow out the doors off a team like we did with A&M and win 13 to nothing, you can do that too. It, it, it This team is so well-rounded that I feel like they're capable of dealing with whatever the tournament, with whatever the season throws at them. And so... Yeah, just take this moment and enjoy what they're doing on the baseball diamond and have fun with it. Like, yeah. we don't have to wait for a shoe to drop. We don't have to wait for, I don't know, Dave Van Horn to ascend to the baseball heavens or something prematurely. It Just let's have fun and yeah. uh, treat it like basketball. Just be along for the ride and have fun because that other shoe doesn't have to be dropping. Um, it really doesn't. And I, I, I don't know. I... I that's kind of a trend in Arkansas sports that I've noticed as we've kind of had a rise of talent and wins in a lot of things uh, that I feel like the kind of cursed aura of the football program for a couple of years has followed us. <laughs> and so yeah. um, let it go. We get, we, yeah. we, we are not cursed. Um, <laughs> I, I, I renounce this curse uh, off of our team. I don't, I don't speak it over our team. Um, I think too we can move on a little bit too and say like the other, the other uh, sport happening on the diamond is is cranking as well. Lady Hogs uh, softball team currently ranked fifth in the nation, a top five team. It, it seems to me when the baseball team does well, the the softball team does well, and vice versa. Those two kind of feed off each other. Same with men and women's basketball. Those two programs kind of when the one's doing well, the other one's doing well. So you love, love to see the Lady Hogs um, cranking it as well. I think they are. Absolutely smoking the ball recently. Their offense has been fun. Um, and Braxton bombs, baby. Just like, we we have we have some girls that can swing the bat, uh, and we can put up some numbers, <laughs> which I think is really fun. And yeah, let's say look, we're six, and I checked today, we're actually number five, and we are thirty six and five. Um, just absolutely steamrolling people. Only five losses on the entire season. Um, Lady Hogs are playing some incredible softball, uh, putting up some really fun numbers. They're a fun team to watch as well. I watched them play. South Carolina over the weekend and, you know, just some really, really exciting players and, you know, a lot of young people, uh, a lot of young, young girls on the, on the squad. So, you know, a lot of youth that's going to be coming for uh, years to come. Um, Lots of, lots of good stuff there. I really, to kind of go back to what we were talking about with the kind of synergy between coaches, I have loved seeing Sam Pittman at so many softball games. Yes. literally is there like all the time and knowing that uh, i don't know just like there's this kind of camaraderie and like a sense that i mean all of us fans feel like you know we'd watch arkansas hacky sack but like we rarely see the coaches uh kind of participate in that kind of i don't know cult of arkansas where we'll go see arkansas tic-tac-toe if that's what it is as long as it's the razorbacks and yeah uh, to know that these kind of programs are working together and supporting each other, I really think that that energy is infectious and it spreads throughout the athletic department and really speaks to what a good job. I, I, I don't feel like Hunter Juracek has gotten enough credit for assembling uh, the department that he has uh, because at least at this point, I don't think he's missed yet. Right. <laughs> and, uh for all intents and purposes, uh, Arkansas athletics is in a very good place right now. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, considering where we're and our former athletic director and the current situation that he finds himself in, you, you know, we got to feel pretty good. Uh, 
Jeff Longslander is always welcome on this podcast. Um, please feel free to call in and just let it rip on that guy. Uh, if you see <laughs> any sort of Jeff Jeff Longslander on Twitter, please retweet it. I need it on my timeline immediately. Uh, Hunter Yurchek is the man, and like he said, I think he's batting a thousand so far. Um, obviously, you know football has some room to improve, but I think we got the guy to do it, and I think we got the the guy to bring in the guys that are going to make it happen. And basketball is what is, is cooking with Wesselman. And we got, you know, the softball team and the baseball team, both nationally ranked in the top five, but one, number one, one, number five and playing extremely well. And yeah, Arkansas, like we've said it a couple of times, but we used to say, which had more, you know, with the exception of football, it's a good time to be a hog fan. Now I would say it's just a good time to be a hog fan, period. Um, you know, lots to look forward to. Um, not that there aren't going to be growing pains again with, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, this isn't an all-SEC schedule. We still have one of the tougher schedules in the country, I would say, when it comes to football. So it's not going to be – Per usual. <laughs> per usual, you know. Uh, nothing nothing the NCAA loves more than to shit on hog, the hogs uh, when it comes to scheduling. <laughs> but, you know, uh, there's going to be some some big moments, and I think there's going to be some, probably a couple signature wins this year, I think. And, just yeah, I think a lot to look forward to. Um, I think, I, and it, it, you know, I, it just kind of dawned on me again as we recorded this podcast, just talking about everything that's happened with Hog Athletics. You know, track and fielder is, is going to keep track and fielding and bringing home national championships in every single category because that's, that's just what they do. <laughs> so, I, just a really good time, I think, overall going into the kind of meat of 2021 of you know sports coming back. We got baseball tournaments and softball tournaments upcoming. We'll have you know a little break for the summer, obviously, as as school you know is out and that sort of thing happens every year but then we're back into football and we're back into basketball relatively soon with kind of new expectations for each which is a really exciting and something to to kind of be pumped about so just a really good time to be a hawk fan and i'm i'm very excited to see what 2021 brings to the university of arkansas athletically folks i think that's going to do it for us this has been hugging the mic Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to us and let us know what you think. Uh, we are on Twitter at Hog and Mike Pod, at Tucker Partridge, and at Saul Malone. Uh, this show uh, only happens because of your support, so please uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what we could do better. Let us know what you liked. Um, Saul, do you have anything to plug? Um, if you like hear me yell about sports uh, and you like movies, I yell about those too. I have a little newsletter um, <laughs> that I put out every week that talks about movies, uh, usually just talking about uh, movies I like or where you can stream movies, but there's also some bigger dives. I've done a couple histories. I did a history of King Kong and Godzilla. I did some Oscar predictions. I went 19 Which out were 100% accurate. 100% accurate. Uh, 19 out of 23, which I think converts to 100%. Um, if you do the math. Uh, Rounded up. Rounding up, yeah. Uh, I definitely got them all right. So, yeah, I, I'm, besides besides Arkansas Athletics, one of their passions, movies. So I got a little substack, and that's just my name, SaulMalone.substack.com. And the newsletter is called Working Title. So if you're into movies, check that out. But other than that, please just keep listening to Hog and the Mic. We love it. We're glad to be back. We're bringing you episodes, I would say, weekly um, coming up. We got a lot to talk about. And then as we move into summer, maybe we'll slow down. But um, as... As you know, we, we are here to talk hog with you all the time. So let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you like, and we'll be happy to bring it up. Folks, this has been Hog in the Mic. Thank you so much. Whoopig. Go hogs. As far back as I can remember.
I always wanted to be a hawk villain. I know I'd go from rags. To me, being a hog villain was better than being president of the United States. Even before I first wandered into the forums after Houston Nuts text leaked, I knew I wanted to be part of it. Hog villains weren't like anybody else. I mean, they did whatever they wanted. They talked about burning anthracite uniforms and nobody batted an eye. In the summer, when they posted about converting K.J. Jefferson to fullback, nobody called the cops. My father thought I was interested in the Hogs, so he didn't mind me hanging out. My mother was happy after she found out that some came from the same part of Yale County that she did. I went to all the Arkansas sports sites. Trey Biddy ran a tight ship, and Hutch and Nicky did good work, too. Arkansas Fight could make me laugh, and Ben Brandon could get into beefs with Eric Musselman. Hell, I could even be tempted to read Wally Hall sometimes. But the best of all was Hogville. Posting on Hogville was like being part of a family. The day Bobby crashed his motorcycle was the worst day of my life. Sure. The man had hired his lover and paid her with school money, but the man won football games. I knew we had to find a new coach, and that's where Hogville was at its best. Otis Kirk gave us the facts, but the interpretations came from Hogstradamus. He was a legend. He'd post on the forum and everybody went wild. New posters got likes from him, old posters with no clout. Even Ole Miss fans got likes just to keep the forum active. One day, Hogstradamus posted that John Gruden was wearing a red tie on Monday Night Football. I didn't know anything about coaching, but I knew that a red tie could only mean Razorback Red. I did everything. Tracking planes, tapping phones, taking pictures of Gruden at restaurants, you name it. Anything to be the first one to post that he'd signed on to be Arkansas's football coach. After months of tracking Gruden's every move, I realized he wasn't coming. I had to get out of the Gruden business and become a bulimer. I kept posting flight numbers, but the hog villains knew something was up. They found out I was a Gruden denier, and they banned me from the site. When Bielema was hired, I was proven right, but I only had 32 Twitter followers. 32 followers to not post on Hogville anymore. I'm an average nobody common pig.